Would you go ahead and stand with me and join with me as together we recite the Apostles' Creed, that one thing that we believe here at Celebration Church that we stake our faith on. Would you join with me as we declare it? We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, it's a privilege this morning to be able to just take some time to share with you an opportunity to speak this morning. Uh, Let me say this right from the very beginning. Uh, Pastor Mark, it was his full intent to be here with us this morning and to speak. Uh, Unfortunately, overnight, they had some difficulties. Debbie had some difficulties, and he wasn't able to uh, do so. And so we want to be continuing to pray for them. Uh, He uh, then sent out a text to us and... uh, for one of us to take over and preach this morning. And so we drew straws, and guess who got the short straw? <laughs> Not really. Uh, we, we actually played cards and some dice and a few other. <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, on behalf of Pastor Mark, he did want us to communicate to you uh, his apologies for not being able to be here this morning, and then also just a word of appreciation to each one of you and Celebration Church as a whole uh, as we continue to lift them up and appreciate appreciation for your patience during this season and during this time. And we want to continue to be praying for, for Debbie and for her complete healing. And with that in mind, let me mention this to you, and Pastor Mark will probably make reference uh, next week about it as well. But uh, Pastor Mark and the, and the pastor of the church, we have uh, decided to... Uh, call together a what we're just simply going to refer to as a day of fasting and prayer. Uh, it's going to happen on Monday, the 27th of this month. Uh, Monday, the 27th of the month, taking that day. We're inviting uh, all of you, each one that can, to take that day and spend time in, in fasting and prayer specifically for Debbie and uh, for the other challenges that have, that have had here on staff, Dana and some of the other ones that, uh, that need a touch of healing and complete healing and wholeness, the church in general. I'm sure there's many areas in your life, many things in your life that you're facing. We know a number of things that are happening and taking place and we wanna just together uh, exert ex- uh, an effort of prayer and a time of fasting and prayer. It's gonna culminate that day uh, at each one of the campuses uh, at 6.30, we're gonna gather together here on that Monday at 6.30 for a, uh, a time of prayer together. So I invite you to come along on that Monday as well. Spend as much as you can during that day in prayer and fasting and then join with us at 6.30 on Monday the 27th as we focus in on prayer, amen? Well, this morning, I am, with that in mind, going to take a few moments today and share a little bit on prayer with us. In fact, the title of my message this morning is Prayer, the Language of the Heart. And I'm going to share some things about prayer with us this morning, and hopefully it'll be an opportunity to stir in your heart a a desire to pray, a want to pray, uh, and and, and encourage you in that again this morning. Let me begin by with a passage of scripture out of Psalms. Psalm 34, the psalmist 
uh, talks so much about prayer and challenges us so much. I mean, that Psalm 34 probably could read the entire Psalm and be blessed by it. But let me just take one verse out of it here this morning. Psalm 34, verse 15. And I'm gonna read it in the, both the NIV and then we'll look at it in the New Living Translation as well. But here what it says in verse 15 of Psalm 34, it says this, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. Wow. Our God, the King of this universe, the creator of all things, the creator of your life and my life, says to us again this morning that his eyes are upon us and his ears are attentive when we cry out to him. The New Living Translation says it this way, the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. That's what righteousness means, to do right, to do the right thing. His ears are open to their cries for help. Anybody cried help before? Ever been in a situation where it's just, God, help! Yes. Another passage in Psalm, Psalm 37 verse four says this, delight yourselves in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself, bring your needs before God. Daily, everything laid at God's feet. Bring them before God and he will give you the desires of your heart. Luke 6, 45 talks a little about that desires of our heart and it says this, for out of the overflow of the heart, our mouth speaks. Now that's maybe where our problem lies. I wanna to suggest to this this morning that could be where the struggle really is. Because we are so confused sometimes of what's happening in our heart that we're concerned about what our mouth is gonna say when we speak. Out of the desires of our heart, our mouth speaks, the word of God says. So we often struggle because of our heart. We have a heart problem. Now, I must admit, I know a little bit about having a heart problem, a physical heart problem. A couple of weeks ago, uh, I noticed that I was short of breath, a little dizzy, uh, you know, couldn't walk very far, and since I'm such a fitness fanatic, it was very strange for that to happen to me. There's a lot of people laughing here this morning, but that's good, all right? And, and, but I realized that so I, I, that Sunday afternoon, went to the emergency room, and thank goodness for the doctors and nurses and the, all they can do at the emergency room. It was wonderful. It's the first time I've ever watched a packet game from the emergency room, so that was quite interesting. Uh, they need big screens, though. They just got these little screens in the emergency room. But went into the emergency room, and they did some testing. They did what they, they could, and then they said, well, we need to make an appointment with you to see your cardiologist on Monday, which I was able to do. And then the cardiologist did some further testing and he said, well, we're gonna have to do some procedures on you. You know, whenever a doctor says procedures, you know, every part of my body just clams up, tightens up. Uh, and so on the Tuesday, we, I went in for procedure. One of the procedures was what they called a cardio conversion. Uh, I thought you only did conversions on cars or motorbikes, but I got a cardio conversion. Actually, you know what? I think whenever we have a heart condition, God is wanting to do a conversion on our heart. It may be a physical one, but I think there's a lot of us that need a spiritual conversion take place, right? When a doctor walks up to you with two paddles in his hands and says, I'm gonna do a cardio conversion on you, that kind of shakes you a little bit. Although I think, Pastor Bob, we, what we wanna do from now on, we're actually going to put in the back of every chair two pads, electrical pads, and right about the time that we're praying the prayer of salvation and we say, I repent of my sin, we're gonna send that shock through and I bet we'll get a lot of amens. <laughs> Have a spiritual conversion. 
How can I truly pray the language of my heart? If prayer is the language of the heart, how can I do that? Because the word of God also talks about it in another place that the heart is deceitful and wicked. So I'm hoping this morning as I share a few thoughts in a moment, some practical examples or some practical steps that we can take in sharing or praying that we can have a heart conversion, somewhat of a cleaning out of our heart this morning. Uh, if I may take a moment just to speak to the men that are here. So often I believe that's, that for men, we do struggle with heart issues, to communicate from our heart. And sometimes as a result of being able to struggle to communicate from our heart, we struggle to communicate in our prayer life with our Heavenly Father as well. My dad was like that. He was a little bit that way. Whenever he spoke from the heart, he would get all choked up. You know, whenever my dad got choked up, I knew he was about to say something from his heart. He, it was a struggle for him to communicate. He would struggle at that point when he, when, when he was trying to speak from his heart. Whether it was out of anger, whether he was frustrated with me, and by the way, he never got frustrated with me. He was always frustrated with me, all right? Or whether it was just loving encouragement for me. He struggled to communicate. Could it be that we as men, and then just people in general, that we struggle sometimes because we're struggling to communicate from our heart? If prayer is the language of the heart, can that be a problem that we have? You see, even as men, sometimes we struggle to communicate from our heart with our wives. How will we ever do it with God? Because God does know quite a few things. He knows my heart pretty well. We may be able to fool our wife. We may be able to fool our boss. But God, eh, that's not going to be an easy person to fool. You know, David, the psalmist, was a man after God's own heart, the Word of God says. He was a warrior. And he had a heart for prayer. But this morning, maybe you struggle with your prayer life because it's a communication of the heart. So we wanna talk a little bit about that. I wanna challenge you a little bit about that. I want to pray. I need to pray. But I don't pray. You know, we know that the, we often see people praying. Uh, I'm sure every one of us after the service this morning are gonna head home and maybe stop by McDonald's or Culver's or get a quick to go thing so you can get home in time to watch the Packer game. There's a good chance that uh, at some time during the day with any one of the games that we may watch that there will be an opportunity to see some people pray. Someone gets injured, one of the first things that, that often you see is some of the players just kneel down and, and say a quick prayer, a prayer from the heart. Listen to what Richard Foster said about prayer. All right, this is a quote from Richard Foster about prayer. He says, coming to prayer is like coming home. Nothing feels more right, more like what we are to be and to do. Yet at the same time, we are confronted with great mysteries. Who hasn't struggled with the puzzle of unanswered prayer? Anybody struggled with that? God, I just don't get, I haven't got the answer. Who hasn't wondered how a finite person can communicate with the infinite creator of all the universe? Who hasn't questioned whether prayer isn't merely, merely psychological manipulation after all? We do our best, of course, to answer these naughty questions. But when all is said and done, there is a sense in which these remain unanswered and unanswerable. At such times, we must learn to become comfortable with the mystery. Let me take a few moments to share some practical thoughts on prayer. Number one. We don't have to have everything just right or perfect in order to pray. 
How many here this morning have ever prayed a selfish prayer? Who's ever prayed an angry prayer? Have you maybe ever prayed a bitter prayer or a prideful prayer? We don't have to have everything right, just right or perfect to pray. But then you may say, Pastor Lathan, you know, James 15, or so, sorry, James 5, 16 says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Yes, it does say that. So, you know, Pastor Lathan, I've, I've got to be a righteous man. I've got to be a righteous woman. I need to be righteous. I need all my, my motives to be right before I pray. I need to be humble. I need to study the word of God about prayer. I need to memorize scripture. I need to be in the right place. I need to be in church to pray. And then I need to be in a church that has stained glass windows as well. I need a pew to sit in. I need somewhere to kneel. Everything's got to be right before I can pray. How many of you know that you can't wait until you or the circumstances are perfect before we pray. You know, Jesus answered his disciples. In fact, he rebuked his disciples when he was talking about the kingdom of heaven. And he said, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like these children. How many of you know that sometimes children can be kind of selfish? How many of you know that grandkids can be really selfish? Yeah. Children can be messy at times, right? Can be messy. We don't have to have everything perfect before we pray. Number two, begin your prayer right where you are. Right where you are this morning. Don't wait for things to change. If you need to pray for your family, pray for your family. If you need to pray for your job, pray for your job. If you need to pray for your neighbors, pray for your neighbors. If you need to pray for your friends, pray for your friends. If you need to pray for your church, pray for your church. In everyday situations of life, begin right where you are. That's a good place to start your prayer life. Very simple, practical step of prayer. Number three. Oh, this is a good one. You ready? In fact, why don't you nudge the person next to you and tell them to wake up. It's time for them to hear this one, all right? Feel free to complain. Feel free to argue. Feel free to even yell at God. You know, there's some passages of Scripture. There's a passage out of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, a powerful man of God. Prophet, heard the words from God and declared them to the people. He said this in Jeremiah 20 verse 7. Oh, Lord, you deceived me. Now, I don't know about you. If I'm speaking to God and I'm going to tell him he deceived me, I'm probably saying it in a very loud voice. All right? You deceived me and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. I'm sure he was kind of loud when he said that to God. The New Living Translation says it this way, Oh Lord, you persuaded me and I allowed myself to be persuaded. You are stronger than I am and you overpowered me. Now I am mocked by everyone in the city. Whenever I speak, the words come out in a violent outburst. Violence and destruction, I shout. So these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. Be real. When you talk to God, there are times when we need to talk to him quietly with thanksgiving, but don't forget to talk to him in times of frustration, in times of confusion, in times when things just don't seem to go the right way. Talk to him at that time. 
You see, Jesus was born in a stable. He knows what the smell of cow manure is. Number four, never be discouraged by your lack of prayer. This is probably one that I struggle with the most. You know, there are times where I feel God is stirring my heart to to pray, to be more effective in my prayer, to spend more time in prayer, and when it doesn't, when I, it doesn't materialize the, the way I'd like it to, I become discouraged. I want to suggest to us this morning that the very fact that you recognize your lack of prayer is an indication of your simple hunger for God. Allow that to stir the desire in you to pray, to pray. So don't be discouraged at your lack of pray, prayer. Pray. Number five, pray even when you are fighting with sin and even when you are in sin. The word of God does say that sin separates us from God. And if we continue to sin, we will continue to separate ourselves. But the fact is, and the truth is, that when we are being tempted to sin, when we are fighting with sin, maybe even when we are in sin, that's the time to pray. Don't run from it, press in. Press into it. Pray when you're battling lust. Pray when you're battling pride. Pray when you're battling greed. Pray when you're battling anger. Pray when you're battling unforgiveness. Talk to God about it. Don't hide it from him. Because if you do, that sin will even separate you more. So when you are being tempted, even when you're fighting sin, even when you're in sin, pray. And one of the best prayers that can be prayed is, God, I confess my sin. I say the same thing as you say about this sin, and I repent of my sin. I turn from it. Number six, don't expect an earth-shattering experience each time you pray. Oh, it's wonderful when that happens. It's wonderful when you pray and immediately something happens and it's, it's, it's earth-shattering. But every time you pray, don't expect that fire's going to fall. Don't necessarily expect that the building's gonna shake. Just pray. Believe God and pray. Trust God that he is hearing. His eyes are open, his ears are open, and he will respond, and he will hear your prayer. He will hear your prayer. So whether you're here this morning, and you're praying, and you're praying for that spouse, you're praying for that teenage son, that boy, what, God, you know, God, if I don't pray for them, I'm gonna strangle them. So it's one or the other. We need to be a people that pray, that, that, that prays, that comes to God and simply listens and, and, and brings our request to him. Let me close by, <clears throat> excuse me, sharing this with you. Where does the desire to pray come from? How do I get it? Well, there's a lot of things I could list for you this morning, but I'm just gonna do one. The desire to come, the desire to pray comes from God's promises. What does he promise when we pray? Listen to a couple of them. Psalm 118, five and six says this. In my anguish, I cried to the Lord and he answered by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? It's a promise to us of God hearing our prayer. Psalm 138 verse three. When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. How many times have I not prayed that prayer? God, I, just give me strength. Give me strength in the midst of the situation. 
God, you can answer the situation, you can find a miracle, but one of the biggest miracles that I can experience is just a simple miracle in my heart and my strength to be able to walk through this valley of the shadow of death. You know, we often use that passage of scripture when we talk about the, you know, somebody dying in our life, but they're, they're, we experience death in other areas in our life too. God's promises that he will help us walk through that valley. Strength, strength of soul. Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. What a beautiful promise. God rewarding us. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. You know, there's seasons in my life where passages of Scripture, certain verses just ring true into my heart and my life. And this passage of Scripture for a number of months now, and probably for a good couple of years, has been a passage of Scripture that has just rung, rung true in my life, that I've been able to stand upon. I want to encourage you, we go through seasons in life, and God's Word at that season in life if we, will show itself and reveal itself and, and, and be the lamp to our feet and the light to our pathway that we need. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything. Well, you could stop right there and we've got a pretty good promise. It does go further though. It says, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God. And the peace of God. The peace of God that you and I need. And the peace of God that transcends, that goes beyond that passes all of our understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will build a garrison around our heart and our mind, a protection with centuries on duty. That peace of God will protect our hearts and minds from being destroyed. The peace of God. Boy, if there's nothing else, I don't know about you, I need the peace of God. And if it's about prayer, a promise that God has for us that will motivate me to pray, that's one right there. So in closing, prayer, the language of the heart. You know, even the disciples, when they were with Jesus, they went to Jesus and they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus did. He gave them a form to pray that we use every Sunday morning at Celebration Church as we recite the Apostles' Creed together. He taught them how to pray. But I want to suggest to us this morning, not only do we need to know how to pray, but what about the want to pray? My desire for each one of us is that we, God would help teach us what it means to want to pray, to have that desire. Someone defined this desire in this way, to long for, to hope for, to have a longing for, a strong intent or aim. Prayer. Father, would you enlarge our capacity to be a people that pray? Not waiting for the right circumstances, not waiting for the right timing, not waiting to be in a certain place, not waiting until we think, think that, the, that the sky is falling, but that we would be a people that pray as a heart response to God. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, as we come to the end of our, this, this word this morning, and we see again, God, that prayer is 
communication of the heart. And for many of us, Lord, the issue of prayer may lie in just the very simple fact that we have a heart problem. For some this morning, Lord, it may just, need, may just be that the heart needs to be shocked back into place. For some this morning, Lord, the heart may need a stint put in. For some, they may need bypass surgery. For some, it may be a quadruple bypass. But simply, Lord, this morning, would you deal with our heart? Help us, God, not only to know how to pray, but to want to pray. And your word is very clear about all the blessings that come from prayer. And God, I just pray that for each one of us, as we as a church, as individuals, as families, as a church, as we focus and pray, trusting you for miracles, we thank you that you are a God whose eyes are open and ears attentive and that you answer those prayers. And we thank you for it. We pray it in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen.